The Wonders of the Holy Name by Father Paul O'Sullivan, O.P. This booklet is lovingly dedicated to the sweet mother of Jesus. No one loves the name of Jesus as she does. Dear friend, read this booklet slowly and with attention, not once, but many times, and you will thank God all the rest of your life. It will give you much happiness, and it will enable you to obtain from God wonderful graces and blessings. It teaches the wonders of the holy name of Jesus, which few Christians understand. The frequent repetition of this divine name will save you from much suffering and great dangers. The world is now threatened with the direst calamities. Each one of us can do much to save ourselves from the impending evils, and we can do much to help the world, the Church, and our Holy Father, the Pope, simply by repeating frequently, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Signed, the author. The Wonders of the Holy Name has received the warmest approval of many archbishops and bishops. We quote two of these. Paco Patriarcho of Lisbon, I approve and recommend with all my heart the little book entitled The Wonders of the Holy Name. My dear Father Paul O'Sullivan, my cordial thanks for the kind offer of your beautiful book, The Wonders of the Holy Name, which I have read with much interest. I see that it explains with great clearness and precision the doctrine of the Holy Name, a doctrine so dear to the Church. Certainly, the perusal of this booklet will enkindle in the hearts of its readers a boundless confidence in the omnipotence of the Holy Name. I am therefore very pleased to approve warmly this latest work of yours, which is a worthy link in the long chain of your zealous and useful publications. Blessing you with all my heart, I remain with the highest esteem. Yours very sincerely, Peter Syriaki, Archbishop of Tarsus, Apostolic Nuncio. What does the name of Jesus mean? The holy name of Jesus is, first of all, an all-powerful prayer. Our Lord himself solemnly promises that whatever we ask the Father in his name, we shall receive. God never fails to keep his word. When, therefore, we say, Jesus, let us ask God for all we need with absolute confidence of being heard. For this reason, the Church ends her prayers with the words, Through Jesus Christ, which gives the prayer a new and divine efficacy. But the Holy Name is something still greater. Each time we say Jesus, we give God infinite joy and glory, for we offer him all the infinite merits of the passion and death of Jesus Christ. St. Paul tells us that Jesus merited the name Jesus by his passion and death. Each time we say Jesus, let us clearly wish to offer God all the masses being said all over the world for all our intentions. We thus share in these thousands of masses. Each time we say Jesus, we gain 300 days indulgence, which we may apply to the souls in purgatory, thus relieving and liberating very many of these holy souls from their awful pains. They thus become our best friends and pray for us with incredible fervor. Each time we say Jesus, it is an act of perfect love, for we offer to God the infinite love of Jesus. The holy name of Jesus saves us from innumerable evils and delivers us especially from the power of the devil who is constantly seeking to do us harm. 
The name of Jesus gradually fills our souls with a peace and a joy we never had before. The name of Jesus gives us such strength that our sufferings become light and easy to bear. What must we do? St. Paul tells us that we must do all we do, whether in work or word, in the name of Jesus. Whether you eat or whether you drink or whatever else you do, do all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In this way, every act becomes an act of love and of merit, and moreover, we receive grace and help to do all our actions well and perfectly. We must, therefore, do our best to form the habit of saying, Jesus, 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 very often, every day. We can do so when dressing, when working, no matter what we're doing, when walking, in moments of sadness, at home and in the street, everywhere. Nothing is easier if only we do it methodically. We can say it countless times every day. Bear in mind that each time we say Jesus devoutly, we give God great glory, we receive great graces for ourselves, and we help the poor souls in purgatory. We shall now quote a few examples to show the power of the holy name. The world in danger saved by the holy name. In the year 1274, great evils threatened the world. The church was assailed by fierce enemies from within and without. So great was the danger that the Pope, Gregory X, who then reigned, called a council of bishops in Lyon to determine on the best means of saving society from the ruin that menaced it. Among the many means proposed, the popes and bishops chose what they considered the easiest and most efficacious of all, the frequent repetition of the holy name of Jesus. The Holy Father then begged the bishops of the world and their priests to call on the name of Jesus and to urge their peoples to place all their confidence in this all-powerful name, repeating it constantly with boundless trust. The Pope entrusted the Dominicans especially with the glorious task of preaching the wonders of the holy name in every country, a work they accomplished with unbounded zeal. Their Franciscan brothers ably seconded them. St. Bernardine of Siena and St. Leonard of Port Maurice were ardent apostles of the name of Jesus. Their efforts were crowned with success so that the enemies of the church were overthrown, the dangers that threatened society disappeared, and peace once more reigned supreme. This is a most important lesson for us because in these, our own days, dreadful sufferings are crushing many countries and still greater evils threaten all the others. No government or government seems strong and wise enough to stem this awful torrent of evils. There is but one remedy, and that is prayer. Every Christian must turn to God and ask him to have mercy on us. The easiest of all prayers, as we have seen, is the name of Jesus. Everyone without exception can invoke this holy name hundreds of times a day, not only for their own intentions, but also to ask God to deliver the world from impending ruin. It's amazing what one person who prays can do to save his country and save society. We read in Holy Scripture how Moses saved by his prayer the people of Israel from destruction. How one pious woman, Judith of Bethulia, saved her city and her people when the rulers were in despair and about to surrender themselves to their enemies. 
Again, we know that the two cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, which God destroyed by fire for their sins and crimes, would have been pardoned had there been only ten good men to pray for them. Over and over again we read of kings, emperors, statesmen, and famous military commanders who placed all their trust in prayer, thus working wonders. If the prayers of one man can do so much, what will not the prayers of many do? The name of Jesus is the shortest, the easiest, and the most powerful of prayers. Everyone can say it, even in the midst of his daily work. God cannot refuse to hear it. Let us then invoke the name of Jesus, asking him to save us from the calamities that threaten us. The plague in Lisbon, the city saved by the holy name. A devastating plague broke out in Lisbon in 1432. All who could do so fled in terror from the city and thus carried the plague to every corner of the entire country of Portugal. Thousands of men, women, and children of all classes were swept away by the cruel sickness. So virulent was the epidemic that men died everywhere, at table, in the streets, in their houses, in the shops, in the marketplaces, in the churches. To use the words of historians, it flashed like lightning from man to man, or from a coat, a hat, or any garment that had been used by the plague-stricken. Priests, doctors, and nurses were carried off in such numbers that the bodies of many lay unburied in the streets so that the dogs licked up the blood and ate the flesh of the dead, becoming, as a result, infested with the dread disease and spreading it still more widely among the unfortunate people. Among those who assisted the dying with unflagging zeal was a venerable bishop, Monsignor Andre Diaz, who lived in the convent of St. Dominic. This holy man, seeing that the epidemic, far from diminishing, grew every day in intensity, and despairing of human help, urged the unhappy people to call on the holy name of Jesus. He was seen wherever the disease was fiercest, urging, imploring the sick and the dying, as well as those who had not as yet been stricken down, to repeat, Jesus, Jesus. Write it on cards, he said, and keep those cards on your persons. Place them at night under your pillows. Place them on your doors. But above all, constantly invoke with your lips and in your hearts this most powerful name. He went about as an angel of peace, filling the sick and the dying with courage and confidence. The poor sufferers felt within them a new life, and calling on Jesus, they wore the cards on their breasts or carried them in their pockets. Then, summoning them to the great church of St. Dominic, he once more spoke to them of the power of the name of Jesus, blessed water in the same holy name, ordering all the people to sprinkle themselves with it and sprinkle it on the faces of the sick and the dying. Wonder of wonders, the sick got well, the dying arose from their agonies, the plague ceased, and the city was delivered in a few days from the most awful scourge that had ever visited it. The news spread to the whole country, and all began to call with one accord on the name of Jesus. In an incredibly short time, all Portugal was freed from the dread sickness. The grateful people, mindful of the marvels they'd witnessed, continued their love and confidence in the name of our Savior, so that in all their troubles, in all dangers, when evils of any kind threatened them, they invoked the name of Jesus. 
Confraternities were formed in the churches. Processions of the holy name were made monthly. Altars were raised in honor of this blessed name so that the greatest curse that had ever fallen on the country was transformed into the greatest blessing. For long centuries, this great confidence in the name of Jesus continued in Portugal and then spread to Spain, to France, and to the whole world. Genseric the Goth In the reign of Genseric, the Aryan king of the Goths, one of his favorite courtiers, the Count of Armagasto, was converted from Arianism and joined the Catholic Church. The king, on hearing of the fact, fell into a violent fury and calling the young nobleman to his presence, tried by every means in his power to induce him to recant and return to the Arian sect. Neither threats nor promises prevailed. The count refused all overtures and, and held fast to his newfound faith. Genseric then gave vent to his fury and ordered the young man to be bound with strong cords as tightly as the brawny executioners could draw them. The torment was intense, but the victim showed no sign of pain. He repeated two or three times, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And lo, the cord snapped like spider's webs and fell at his feet. Enraged beyond measure, the tyrant now commanded that the sinews of oxen, hard and tough as wire, should be brought. The count was again bound, and the king bade the executioners use their utmost strength. Once more, their victim invoked the name of Jesus, and the new thongs, like the old, snapped like threads. Genseric foamed with rage, ordered the martyr to be bound by the feet and hung from the branches of a tree, head downward. Smiling at this new mode of torture, Count Armagasto folded his arms on his bosom and repeating the holy name, fell into a tranquil sleep as though he were lying on a soft and comfortable couch. Melchior smiles at his tormentors. We have another incident of a similar kind narrated of the Chinese martyr, the venerable Dominican bishop D. Melchior. In one of the many persecutions which raged in China and which gave so many saints to the church, this holy bishop was seized and after having undergone the most brutal torments, was condemned to a cruel death. He was dragged to the marketplace in the midst of a howling mob who came to gloat over his sufferings. They stripped him of his garments, and five executioners, armed with rough-edged swords, proceeded to chop off his fingers one by one, joint by joint, then his arms, then his legs, causing him excruciating agony. Finally, they hacked the flesh from his poor body and broke his bones. During this prolonged martyrdom, no sign of pain was visible on the bishop's countenance. He was smiling and saying aloud slowly, Jesus, 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 which gave him this wonderful strength to the amazement of his executioners. Neither cry nor groan escaped from his lips until finally, after hours of torture, he quietly breathed his last with the same lovely smile lingering on his face. What wonderful consolation would we too not feel when confined to bed with sickness or racked by pain if we repeated devoutly the name of Jesus? Many people find it hard to sleep. They will find help and consolation by invoking in these sleepless moments the holy name and very probably will fall back into a tranquil slumber. 
Saint Alexander, and the pagan philosophers. During the reign of the Emperor Constantine, the Christian religion was constantly and rapidly making progress. In Constantinople itself, the pagan philosophers felt much aggrieved at seeing many of their adepts deserting the old religion and joining the new. They pleaded with the emperor himself, demanding that in justice they should get a hearing and be allowed to hold a public confer conference with the bishops of the Christians. Alexander, who at the time ruled the see of Constantinople, was a holy man but not a keen logician. He did not for that fear to meet the representative of the pagan philosophers, who was an astute dialectician and an eloquent orator. On the appointed day, before a vast assembly of learned men, the philosopher began a carefully prepared attack on the Christian teaching. The holy bishop listened for some time and then pronounced the name of Jesus, which at once confounded the philosopher, who not only completely lost the thread of his discourse, but was utterly unable, even with the aid of his colleagues, to return to the attack. St. Christina, a young Christian girl, was a slave in Kurdistan, a region almost entirely pagan. It was the custom in that country, when a child was gravely ill, that the mother should take it in her arms to the houses of her friends and ask them if they knew of any remedy that might benefit or cure the little one. On one of these occasions, a mother brought her sick child to the house where Christina lived. On being asked if she knew of a remedy for that sickness, she looked at the child and said, Jesus, Jesus. On the instant, the dying child smiled and leapt with joy. It was completely cured. This extraordinary fact became soon known and reached the ears of the queen, who herself was an invalid. She gave orders that Christina should be brought to her presence. On arriving at the palace, the royal patient asked her if she could, with the same remedy, cure her disorder, which had baffled the skill of the physicians. Once more, Christina pronounced with great confidence, Jesus, Jesus. And again, this divine name was glorified. The queen instantly recovered her health. A third wonder was yet to be worked. Some days after the cure of the queen, the king found himself suddenly face to face with certain death. Escape seemed impossible. Mindful of the divine power of the holy name, which he had witnessed in the cure of his wife, his majesty called out, Jesus, Jesus, whereupon he was snatched from the dreadful peril. Calling in his turn for the little slave who learned from her the truths of Christianity, which he and the great multitude of his people embraced. St. Christina became a saint, and her feast is kept on December 15th. St. Gregory of Tours relates that when he was a boy, his father fell gravely ill and lay dying. Gregory prayed fervently for his recovery. When asleep at night, Gregory's angel guardian appeared to him and told him to write the name of Jesus on a card and place this under the sick man's pillow. In the morning, he acquainted his mother with the angel's message, which she advised him to obey. He did so and placed the card under his father's head, when to the delight of the whole family, the patient grew rapidly better. We could fill pages and pages with the miracles and wonders worked by the holy name at all times and in all places, not only by the saints, but by all who invoke this divine name with reverence and faith. 
Marquesa says, I refrain from relating here the miracles worked and the graces granted by our Lord to those who have been devout to his holy name because St. John Chrysostom reminds me that Jesus is always named when miracles are worked by holy men. Hence, to attempt to enumerate them would be to try to give a list of the countless miracles which God has performed through all the ages, either to increase the glory of his saints or to plant and strengthen the faith in the hearts of men. Cards of the Holy Name The use of cards with the Holy Name inscribed on them has been used and recommended by the great lovers of the Holy Name, such as Monsignor Andre Diaz, St. Leonard of Port Maurice, St. Gregory of Tours, above mentioned. Our readers would do well to use these cards, carrying them about on their persons during the day, putting them under their pillows at night, and placing them on the doors of the rooms. The Saints and the Holy Name All the saints had an immense love for and trust in the name of Jesus. They saw in this name as in a clear vision all the love of our Lord, all his power, all the beautiful things he said and did when on earth. They did all their wonderful works in the name of Jesus. They worked miracles, cast out devils, cured the sick, and gave comfort to everyone using and recommending to all the habit of invoking the holy name. St. Peter and the apostles converted the world with this all-powerful name. The prince of the apostles began his glorious career preaching the love of Jesus to the Jews in the streets, in the temple, in their synagogues. His first striking miracle occurred when he was going into the temple with St. John. A lame man, well known to the Jews who frequented the temple, stretched out his hand expecting to receive an alms. St. Peter said to him, Gold and silver I have not, but what I have I willingly give thee. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And instantly, the lame man bounded to his feet and danced for joy. The Jews were astonished, but the great apostle said to them, Why your wonder and surprise, as if we made this man sound by our own power? No, it is by the power of Jesus that this man walks. Innumerable times since the days of the apostle has the name of Jesus been glorified. We will quote a few of these countless examples which show us how the saints derived all their strength and consolation from the name of Jesus. St. Paul was in a very special way the preacher and doctor of the holy name. At first he was a fierce persecutor of the church, moved by a false zeal and hatred for Christ. Our Lord appeared to him on the road to Damascus and converted him, making him the great apostle of the Gentiles and giving him his glorious mission which was to preach and make known his holy name to princes and kings, to Jews and Gentiles, to all nations and peoples. St. Paul, filled with a burning love for our Lord, began his great mission uprooting paganism, casting down the false idols, confounding the philosophers of Greece and Rome, fearing no enemies and conquering all difficulties, all, all in the name of Jesus. St. Thomas of Aquinas says of him, St. Paul bore the name of Jesus on his forehead because he gloried in proclaiming it to all men. He bore it on his lips because he loved to invoke it, on his hands, for he loved to write it in his epistles, in his heart, 
for his heart burned with love of it. He tells us himself, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. He tells us in his own beautiful way two great truths about the name of Jesus. First of all, he tells us of the infinite power of this name. In the name of Jesus, every knee shall bend in heaven, on earth, and in hell. Every time we say Jesus, we give infinite joy to God, to all heaven, to God's blessed mother, and to the angels and saints. Secondly, he tells us how to use it. Whatever you do in word or in work, do all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. He adds, whether you eat or whether you drink or whatever else you do, do all in the name of Jesus. This advice all the saints followed so that their every act was done for love of Jesus, and therefore their every act and thought won them graces and merits. It was by this name they became saints. If we follow this same advice of the apostle, we too shall reach a very high degree of sanctity. How are we to do everything in the name of Jesus? By acquiring the habit, as we've said, of repeating the name of Jesus frequently in the course of the day. This presents no difficulty, only demands goodwill. St. Augustine, this great doctor of the church, found his delights in repeating the holy name. He himself tells us that he found much pleasure in books which made frequent mention of this all-consoling name. St. Bernard felt a wonderful joy and consolation in repeating the name of Jesus. He felt it, as he says, like honey in his mouth and a delicious peace in his heart. We, too, shall feel immense consolation and peace steal into our souls if we imitate St. Bernard and repeat frequently this holy name. St. Dominic spent his days preaching and discussing with the heretics. He always went on foot from place to place, as well in the oppressive heats of the summer as in the cold and rain of the winter. The Albigensian heretics whom he tried to convert were more like demons let loose from hell than mortal men. Their doctrine was infamous and their crimes enormous. Yet, as another St. Paul, he converted a hundred thousand of these wicked men so that many of them became eminent for sanctity. Wearied at night with his labors, he asked only for one reward which was to pass the night before the blessed sacrament, pouring out his soul in love for Jesus. When his poor body could resist no longer, he leaned his head against the altar and rested a little, after which he began once more his intimate converse with Jesus. In the morning, he celebrated Mass with the ardor of a seraph, so that at times his body was raised in the air in an ecstasy of love. The name of Jesus filled his soul with joy and delight. Blessed Jordan of Saxony, who succeeded St. Dominic as Master General of the Order, was a preacher of great renown. His words went straight to the heart of his hearers, above all, when he spoke to them of Jesus. Learned professors of the university cities came with delight to hear him, and so many of them became Dominican friars that others feared to come, lest they too should be induced to join his order. So many were drawn by his irresistible eloquence that when his visit to a city was announced, the prior of the convent bought at once a great quantity of white cloth to make habits for those who were sure to seek entrance to the order.
Blessed Jordan himself received 1,000 postulants to the habit, among whom were the most eminent professors of the European universities. St. Francis of Assisi, that burning seraph of love, found his delights in repeating the love name of Jesus. St. Bonaventure says that his face lit up with joy and his voice showed by its tender accents how much he loved to invoke this holy name. No wonder, then, that he received on his hands and feet and side the marks of the five wounds of our Lord, a reward of his burning love. St. Ignatius of Loyola was second to none in his love for the holy name. He gave to his great order not his own name, but called it the Society of Jesus. This divine name has been, as it were, a shield and defense of the order against its enemies and a guarantee of the holiness and sanctity of its members. Glorious indeed is the great society of Jesus. St. Francis de Sales has no hesitation in saying that those who have the custom of repeating the holy name frequently may feel certain of dying a holy and a happy death. And indeed, there can be no doubt of this, because every time we say Jesus, we apply the saving blood of Jesus to our souls. At the same time, we implore God to do as he's promised, granting us everything we ask in his name. All who desire a holy death can secure it by repeating the name of Jesus. Not only will this practice obtain for us a holy death, but it will lessen notably our time in purgatory and may very possibly deliver us altogether from that dreadful fire. Many saints spent their last days repeating constantly, Jesus, Jesus. All the doctors of the church agree in telling us that the devil reserves his fiercest temptations for our last moments. And then he fills the mind of the dying person with doubts, fears, and dreadful temptations in the hope of, at last, carrying the unfortunate soul to hell. Happy those who in life have made sure of acquiring the habit of calling on the name of Jesus. Facts like these we've just mentioned are to be found in the lives of all the great servants of God who became saints and reached the highest degrees of sanctity by this simple and easy means. St. Vincent Farrar, one of the most famous preachers that the world has ever heard, converted the most abandoned criminals and transformed them into the most fervent Christians. He converted 80,000 Jews and 70,000 Moors, a prodigy we read of in the life of no other saint. Three miracles are demanded by the church for the canonization of the saint, whereas in the bull of canonization of St. Vincent, 873 are mentioned. This great saint burned with love for the name of Jesus, and with this divine name worked extraordinary wonders. We, therefore, sinful as we are, can with this omnipotent name obtain every favor and every grace. The weakest mortals become strong. The most afflicted find in it consolation and joy. Who, then, can be so foolish or negligent as not to acquire the habit of repeating Jesus Jesus, Jesus, constantly. It robs us of no time, presents no difficulty, and is an infallible remedy for every evil. Blessed Goncalo of Amarante reached a very eminent degree of sanctity 
by the frequent repetition of the holy name. The blessed Giles of Santarum felt so much love and delight in saying the holy name that he was raised in the air in ecstasy. Those who repeat frequently the name of Jesus feel a great peace in their soul, that peace which the world cannot give, which God alone gives, a peace that surpasses all understanding. St. Leonard of Port Maurice cherished a tender devotion to the name of Jesus, and in his continual missions taught the people who thronged to listen to him the wonders of the holy name. This he did with such love that tears flowed from his eyes and from the eyes of all who heard him. He begged them to put a card with this divine name on their doors. This was attended with the happiest results for many were thus saved from sickness and disasters of various kinds. One, unfortunately, was prevented from doing so as a Jew who was a part owner of the house in which he lived sternly refused to have the name of Jesus placed on the door. His fellow lodger then decided that he would write it on it in his windows, which he accordingly did. Some days after a fierce fire broke out in the building which destroyed all the apartments belonging to the Jew, while the rooms belonging to his Christian neighbor in no wise suffered from the conflagration. This fact was made public and increased a hundredfold the faith and the trust in the holy name of our Savior. In fact, the whole city of Ferreo was a witness of this extraordinary protection. St. Edmund had special devotion to the name of Jesus, which our Lord himself taught him. One day, when he was in the country and separated from his companions, a beautiful child stood by him and asked, Edmund, do you not know me? Edmund replied that he did not. Then replied the child, look at me, and you will see who I am. Edmund looked as he was bidden and saw written on the child's forehead, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. Know now who I am, said the child. Every night make the sign of the cross and say these words, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. If you do so, this prayer will deliver you and all who say it from sudden and unprovided for deaths. Edmund faithfully did as our Lord told him. The devil once tried to prevent him and held his hand so that he could not make the holy sign. Edmund invoked the name of Jesus, and the devil fled in terror, leaving him unmolested for the future. Many people practiced this easy devotion and so saved themselves from unhappy deaths. Others, with their forefinger, imprint with holy water on their foreheads the four letters I-N-R-I to signify Jesus Nazarenus Rex Judereum, the words written by Pilate for the cross of our Lord. St. Alphonsus earnestly recommends both these devotions. St. Francis of Rome enjoyed the extraordinary privilege of constantly seeing and speaking to her angel guardian. When she pronounced the name of Jesus, the angel was radiant with happiness and bent down in loving adoration. Sometimes the devil dared to appear to her, seeking to frighten her and do her harm, but when she pronounced the holy name, he was filled with rage and hatred and fled in terror from her presence. St. Jane of Chantal, that most lovable friend of St. Francis de Sales, had many beautiful devotions taught her by this holy doctor, 
who acted as her spiritual advisor for many years. She so loved the name of Jesus that she actually wrote it with a hot iron on her breast. Blessed Henry Suso had done the same with a pointed steel rod. We may not aspire to this holy daring. We may with reason lack the courage of inscribing the holy name on our breasts. This needs a special inspiration from God. But we may follow the example of another dear saint, Catherine of Racagnini, a daughter of St. Dominic, who repeated frequently and lovingly the name of Jesus, so that after her death, the name of Jesus was found engraved in letters of gold on her heart. We all can do as she did, and thus the name of Jesus will be emblazoned on our souls for all eternity in sight of the saints and angels in heaven. <laughs>